In the weeks leading up to Thanksgiving, I am always a bit more conscious of being grateful for the people in my life, for the lovely small things that make up my day, coffee, a great book, a hug, for the beauty of the city, the sunny days and palm trees against purple skies at night, the stunning ocean views and the diversity of all its neighborhoods and communities. This is Learning Together San Diego. I'm Rebecca Bellingham, and this week I had the wonderful opportunity to sit down with Cindy Martin, superintendent of the San Diego Unified School District, to talk about gratitude, why it matters, and how we cultivate it in our lives and our classrooms. You'll also hear the voices of middle schoolers from Grant and Marshall Middle School in both poetry and song. So hi, Cindy. Hi. (laughs) I'm so glad to sit down and talk to you about one of your favorite subjects. All-time favorite subjects. All-time favorite subjects. Love gratitude. I know. I think there's a magic to gratitude. I think there's an alchemy and a gift that comes from gratitude, and it's not a simple topic. And it's not just that people say, get a gratitude journal and think of something grateful every day. A lot of people talk about that, and I think it's a daily, deep practice Mm -hmm. that I've used for many years to help me face significant challenges. Mm -hmm. And I've learned there's a transformative power Mm -hmm. and an alchemy to gratitude and love that you can bring into a situation and allow yourself to pause and be present for it and see where the gift might be. Mm There's something robust about gratitude. There's something powerful about gratitude that I think people might not, you know, give it credit for. It calls us to be more present, to notice more deeply. So how have you cultivated that practice? I mean, how does it fuel you? It's a practice that I definitely use daily. And I began a very concrete part of that practice about 14 years ago when my husband suffered a massive stroke, and um, I was becoming a principal of an elementary school in City Heights with a 1,000 kids, and my son was turning 13, and my husband and my soulmate was in the ICU, and we actually didn't know whether he was going to survive or not. Um, it, It turned out he did survive that stroke, and he lived 10 years after the stroke with significant disabilities, but in that moment, we didn't know whether he was going to live or die. And it was the day before Thanksgiving that he had this stroke. Mm. So to say, oh, be grateful. That Where was the gratitude on mm. that day when we, I didn't know what was going to happen? And um, as we went through the ensuing days and weeks um, and we realized how significant his disabilities were going to be and what was going to happen and how things were going to change, I had the choice to make. Mm-hmm. about what would this mean to me mm-hmm. and to my family and to our future. And they say a cliche, life changes on a dime. It literally changed mm-hmm. in a moment mm-hmm. for our family. And I decided probably three or four weeks after the stroke that this was mine to own and I was going to use a practice, a gratitude practice. And I made up this thing, of I called it Photo 365, <laughs> and I was going to take a picture every day for 365 days of something that was beautiful in the midst of everything I was going to face, teaching my husband to walk again and to talk and to learn to feed himself and all of the things that this vibrant, outgoing man who was at work and just had a stroke from one day to the next, everything changed. How was I going to be there and be that 
his wife and be the mother to my son turning 13 and be the principal to a school where those thousand kids, it didn't matter to them that my husband just had a stroke. Right. They needed exquisite learning experiences. So how is I going to do all that and show up for all that mm-hmm. and be my whole and complete self and not run myself into the ground so I wouldn't be available for right. all that to happen? And I decided that if I found a moment every day to see something that I thought was beautiful and use my eyes to bring in the light and to see something beautiful, mm-hmm. that that would sustain me and that would help me. That was the story I made mm-hmm. up for myself. And I did it. And we didn't have iPhones back then because it was 14 years ago. <laughs> so we didn't have it in our pocket, the camera. So I bought a cheap little digital camera. I had no training in photography. And I just took a picture. And on the first right. day, the picture was of a hawk. That's actually what made it happen is I saw a hawk on a fence as I was driving home, I was like, oh, that's so pretty. And I took the picture. Right. And he was just sitting there in my neighborhood. And then the next day, it was a flower. And the next day, it was the ocean. It was a sunset. And then each day, it was something else. And one day, it was my feet up at the couch, at 11, on the couch at 11 o'clock at night because that was, the, that was actually a pretty picture because I had no time that day to see anything that I felt grateful for. It was a busy day. And that was the picture that day. And I did it for 365 days. And it gave me a sense of presence and peace and calm and gratitude and to realize that amidst everything that I was facing, there was something to be grateful for. And then on day 366, I thought, the project's over. Why will I stop? Mm-hmm. And I haven't stopped. Haven't it's, been, stopped. I, it's every day. And it's so much easier now because mm-hmm. of these iPhones or yeah, whatever smartphone you have with you. Cameras are built in and they're always with you. And I'm curious, once you start looking in that way, does it make noticing more possible like once you're on the lookout for beauty or once you're on the lookout for something to appreciate do you start to find those things more readily do you start to have a deeper awareness absolutely absolutely I I always say what you appreciate appreciates Mm -hmm. what you pay attention to is what grows so if you're paying attention to what's not working you're going to get more of not work what's not working Mm -hmm. if you're paying attention to what's beautiful you see more of that and I connected to my life as a writing teacher and my background in literacy, and we teach the writerly life. What does it mean to live your life as a writer? And when you're a writer, you you look at the world for, if you know you're going to be writing in your journal every day, which I still do, you notice the world through a writer's eyes. And what happened with this photography is that my writerly life expanded to this grateful life. And gratitude in the midst of trauma and heartbreak and hurt is a hard thing to do like that is a challenge can I find gratitude not in a soft little cliche way but in the depth that comes Mm -hmm. with it it's it's a daily practice Mm -hmm. and it's the writerly life that I think so many years of what I learned from Donald Graves and Lucy Calkins and all of my writing mentors um, taught me how to look at the world through writer's eyes Mm -hmm. and this expanded it Mm -hmm. and that I could capture it in a photo that I didn't have time always to write a poem every night or to write the next chapter of a book or to do the depth of writing that sometimes I would want to do as an author but but right but a photo Mm -hmm. was a way for me to read and to write Mm -hmm. and to interact with the meaning and the what was available to me in the world every day and I think a lot about kids in our district many of whom are going through real challenges in their life who are going through trauma or hardship, who are struggling, and how can we help them cultivate writer's eyes, gratitude, and ability to pay attention to 
what's possible in their lives in a, with, a, with an open heart or with a grateful heart so that they can make meaning out of their lives. I, I wonder how we can do that, you know, in our classrooms, in our practice as teachers. In some ways, it's very easy to do it with kids. Um, kids can live with significant trauma and pain and heartbreak, and they see things that we wish children would never have to see, and yet they see them, but they see the beauty too. The children see the butterflies in the garden, and they see the little teeny caterpillar crawling across the playground that no one else saw. I loved when I was a principal Mm -hmm. and vice principal at Central Elementary and being out for two and a half hours on the playground with the cycling through a thousand kids because we would see things and notice things and talk about things and be together. I have pictures of a, a student at Central who had a lot of challenges with behavior in the classroom and we were working on changing the way he would interact in the classroom and on the playground there were monarch butterflies all over one one year. It was probably out at the garden and we would just notice these butterflies together. We'd pay attention to them. The student came from significant challenges at home Mm -hmm. and knew why he was challenged with his behavior in class. But when we were in the garden, the butterflies were there and I remember this day the butterfly landed on my hand. And he couldn't believe a butterfly landed on my finger. And I said, it'll land on your finger too. No, butterflies will never land on me. How did that happen? I said, just be still. It will happen. And it took about two or three days. And then one day, the butterfly landed on his finger. And then another butterfly came and landed on his other hand. And he was, I have a photo of of his hands. And so he walked around, and they wouldn't leave his hand. The recess was over. It was time to go back to class, and these two monarchs, and he said, they're doing it, Miss Martin. They landed on me, and I said, they see a sense of calm in you. They wouldn't land on you if they didn't know that you were calm and that you were present. They noticed that about you, and that's why they were with you. And so his entire demeanor changed about just being able to be present and to notice things. I think... And kids do have this beautiful ability to see things that we might not see. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we see things they don't see, but it's all about seeing, noticing, naming, being present Mm -hmm. for it, and lifting it up. Mm -hmm. What about our middle school kids, our high school kids who can be disengaged, you know, who have a harder time expressing and seeing the butterflies, you know, and... How can we, you know, lift their eyes up a little bit? How can we connect with them? You know, one it's funny because I just met with a lot of middle school kids this week and read them Thanksgiving List from mm. Out of the Dust by mm. Karen Hess. Yes. Which is a gorgeous poem. You know, the whole book is told in poetry. And, and they really listened. And they really, you know, just reading them that poem. And then they all sort of paid attention in their mind's eye to the small things in their life that they were mm-hmm. grateful for. And they wrote these beautiful... The pink sunrise and the simple words of good morning. Sleeping the best third of the day. My mom smothering hugs and crazy family. The way that my puppies are always there excited to see me when I get home. Memes that make me laugh and cold water that I can drink. The fresh air. The warmth from the sun on a cool day. For comfort from the earth's unpredictable nature. The awesome taste of Korean barbecue. I have at least two friends. My dog's so sweet and loving, waiting for my return. The rain, morning coffee. The way Mel rolls her eyes at me jokingly. My sister dragging me to my drum lesson while I'm still half asleep. A song, its notes and rhythms dancing through the air. The choir of chirping crickets at a sleepless 10 o'clock night. 
The steaming hot smell of dinner being cooked up. The feeling of warmth and the feeling of laughter and my friends. The beach on a sunny summer day. My friends to make me laugh every day. The first sip of water when I wake up. The rays of sunlight on a cold day. My family and being able to see them when I move. Coming home to a warm, cozy house after a long day. Hot chocolate, warm and sweet, the soft like whipped cream. The hug my dad gives me before I go to school. Fresh cut grasses and dirty basins. Mom brewing her second cup of coffee. The smell of my mom's cooking. The sand on the beach on a hot summer day. Day and night, the colors all around me. The people who make the world go round. The, my parents who raised me. Friends and siblings who make me laugh. The feeling of accomplishment after lots of hard work. Making others happy. Turning on the lights. The feel of joy in the air. Doing nothing and feeling relaxed. Being in or out on a rainy day. And I know it's cliche, but I have to say, food, water, and shelter also make me feel that way. The day full of hope and opportunity. So I think you actually tapped into what the way I would answer the question from middle school and high school is put models in front of them. And whether those are text models, there's a lot of beautiful music out there. Find the avenues where that you put models in front of them, just like we do for writers. You know, you need mentor texts. Mm -hmm. You need mentors around mm -hmm. you that see and interpret and talk about the world and the minute you open that heart, I often say a broken heart is an open heart. Mm -hmm. And some of our kids are very heartbroken over things that they've seen and heard and experienced. But what do you do with that openness to allow the light to come in? And I think, too, you know, we talk about mentor text and writing, but I often think about how we as teachers, we are the mentor text. So the way in which we are paying attention and modeling the way in which we are noticing the beauty of the text or noticing a specific word choice that really came alive or the way that you're appreciating yes. the wonder of science, the way mm -hmm. that you live with gratitude or passion on your own sleeve, mm -hmm. you are the mentor text yes. for how kids can live their own lives. Yes. So we, what we do is bring into the classroom these tools, but the, the beautiful books that we read, if we share our love for a book or a poem, or a scene, or a photograph, kids will see the world through our eyes, and then we mentor them into mm -hmm. that, and they, we help them see something mm -hmm. they didn't see before, and then they see something. What do you feel most grateful for in this role that you have as a superintendent? Like, what, what are you grateful for as the leader? I, I just think that it's the opportunity to serve our students, our city, our community, and to bring forth into this world the existence of exquisite learning conditions across our district and to meet whatever challenges might be in the way. To me, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to do it. It's my lifelong meditation and passion is teaching. I think mm. that's my heart is teaching, but being able to work alongside really, really brilliant educators mm -hmm. across the system and the support staff and the folks across this district that are so completely committed mm -hmm. to the hope and the promise of public education and they mm -hmm. wake up every day ready to figure out how to make a difference inside conditions that can be challenging when our district, our California has chosen to not fund us at the highest level that they could and we're in a context that, may, that can be challenging and yet I see so much hope and I see so much wisdom that's brought forth in people's ability to um, come together as a community and if there's a spirit about what we're doing um, that every day I wake up and I think 
how lucky am I mm. to be able to work in a community that values public education at such a high level and to work in a community that cares for one another and for getting this right for kids. And um, I have a, a daily practice around gratitude where I ask about, you know, when I leave my door in the morning, it's how may I serve? I ask myself every day, how may I serve? How can I be of service to my community? How can I use these hands to touch what has to be touched, use my eyes to see what needs to be seen, use my mouth to say what needs to be said, use these feet to walk where steps need to be walked? How do I work in community alongside people that are here to deliver on this sacred mission for giving kids the kinds of experiences that allow their light to shine, mm-hmm. that allow them to be present and see what's present, what, see what's available to us. So are there any inspiring writers or quotes or bits of writing that really fill you up on a daily basis or that really fuel your mission to serve that you might want to share with us? I use poems and songs like almost every day oh, to, yeah. to inspire me. And one of my favorite poets is Mary Oliver. The poem that I think is probably my everyday go-to poem that um, means so much to me, the title of the poem is When Death Comes. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced some pretty significant losses in the last wow. um, six years since I've been superintendent, actually. I'm in my seventh year in this role. Um, and in this time, I, I've lost my father, who is 80 years old and perfectly healthy and hit, hit by a car when he's riding his bike. And then... Um, and then I lost my husband three years ago. And um, and then last summer, I lost my sister. And so all of these losses, and I have this big, beautiful idea about just, you know, gratitude helps and be present for gratitude. And I teach children about gratitude and use living the writerly life. And, and then you get tested. And so how do you use this in all of these circumstances? And Mary Oliver's poem, When Death Comes, was a favorite poem before all this death came to me. Like, it was a poem that I've appreciated for many, many years. And my favorite line in the poem is, um, talks about what happens when death comes. You don't want to say that you just lived in this world, you want, or that you just visited this world. I want to be able to say that I was a bride married to amazement. Here's a bit more of that poem, When Death Comes, by Mary Oliver. When it's over, I want to say, all my life, I was a bride married to amazement. I was the bridegroom taking the world into my arms. When it's over, I don't want to wonder if I have made of my life something particular and real. I don't want to find myself sighing and frightened or full of argument. I don't want to end up simply having visited this world. Another one of Cindy's favorite Mary Oliver poems is Hallelujah, which is too good not to include here as well. Hallelujah by Mary Oliver. Everyone should be born into this world happy and loving everything. But in truth, it rarely works that way. For myself, I have spent my life clamoring toward it. Hallelujah. Anyway, I'm not where I started. And have you too been trudging like that? sometimes almost forgetting how wondrous the world is and how miraculously kind some people can be? And have you too decided that probably nothing important is ever easy? Not, say, for the first 60 years? Hallelujah, I'm 60 now, and even a little more. And some days I feel I have wings. I think there's a part of gratitude that's about 
being grateful to the people in your life. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. My photos are hanging in here. Some oh, of my yes, favorite those photos. Are some of your... Oh, there's the picture of the boys. Oh, the little boy with there the butterfly. Is. Yeah. <laughs> I have another one where it's both of his hands, but that's actually the oh, picture. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. It's really there. It really it's, happened. It really <laughs> happened. Yeah, I have several of them. Um, <laughs> I'm better at the nature pictures, but there's a special kind of gratitude that I practice around the people in my life. Yeah. And so I keep a daily list of who am I thankful for. Mm. If you feel grateful for someone, tell them. Share that gratitude and name it and lift it up. Do that for your students. Let your students know that you see something in them. Donald Graves used to have us do a practice where we would make a list of all of our students and write their names. And don't look at a roster. Don't look at the class list. Just do it from Mm -hmm. memory. It will tell you something, Mm -hmm. who you remembered first and who was on your list last, because if you went just from memory. And then once you're done writing the list of the names of students in your class, next to each of their names, write something that you know about them. This one plays the piano. This one loves soccer. This one's favorite color is blue. This one always writes stories about monsters. But something that you know about that child, then the practice isn't done until the third column you put a check mark if that child knows that you know that about them. Because then you create the alliance, the bond and the relationship that I know you, I see you, your story matters, and I know. So when I'm going to get into a writing conference with you and we're going to be in an alliance about growing as readers and writers together, knowing each other and knowing that you know me and you know that I have a little brother that was just born and he's you know wearing his favorite outfit today, you've got to know these things about me, and I want to know that you know them. So I think that ties into what gratitude means to me. I hope this Thanksgiving you all have a chance to reconnect relax, do things that bring you joy. I hope you use this week to pay close attention to and feel grateful for the small beauties and small moments in your life, at home and the classroom, for the people, big and small, that fill your life with love, laughter, and light. Finally, how can we nourish ourselves, not just this week, but all the time, so that we can continue to nourish our students, our classrooms, and our school communities? As Cindy Martin reminds us, we are doing tremendous things as a district. In the last year alone, studies out of UCLA, the Learning Policy Institute out of Stanford, the Council of Great City Schools, and the State Board of Ed, chaired by Linda Darling-Hammond, have indicated that the San Diego Unified School District is a beating-the-odds district, an outlier, and a district that is one of the fastest-improving districts in the nation. We are working hard, we are bringing our whole selves to this work, and we need to refuel ourselves in order to keep teaching and leading at such high levels. So take a moment for yourself to appreciate the wonder of this world and of your own life, and maybe write your own Thanksgiving list inspired by the poem from Karen Hess's Out of the Dust. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Thank you to Cindy Martin, Superintendent of San Diego Unified School District. Thank you as well to Lucas Schultz at Marshall Middle School and his 7th and 8th grade choir, Denise Rousey at Grant, and to all the middle schoolers who lent their voices to this episode. Thank you to Russ Sperling of VAPA, Chris Apple for sound editing and design, and Carolyn Sloan for the beautiful song, I Will Give Thanks. Send over your Thanksgiving lists to communications at sandy.net with the subject line, Learning Together Podcast. 
Next time, you'll hear some full versions of Thanksgiving lists from around our unified community.